Open your Bibles to Genesis chapter 22. And I know you're probably thinking that's a very odd place to be turning on uh, Resurrection Sunday. Genesis 22. And I'm also going to read a few verses out of Hebrews 11. First verse of 22 says, And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thy only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. Wow. Um, I, now, you're probably thinking Abraham is going to, you know, sit down and try to reason with God. Uh, it's probably going to take him a while to get this, you know, let soak in. Um, you know, over in Hebrews chapter 11, starting with 17, it says, By faith Abraham, when he was tried, now over in Genesis it said tempted, but here it says he was tried, so that you get an idea of what tempted means. He was tried. Um, he was tried, offered up, Isaac, and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. Now, Maybe you, maybe you don't, some, some people might not understand what the big deal about this is and why Isaac is so important to Abraham. Do you realize that I, Abraham, for many, many years, has, wait, has been waiting for this very opportunity to have Isaac? Isaac is just now getting to the point where he might be considering finding a wife and having children, and then all of the promises of God are going to start to flow because it's got to flow through Isaac. Think of the hardships that Abraham had gone through leading up to this. Even trying to do the promise of God in his own way. And Ishmael was produced, and he loved Ishmael. But Ishmael was not the promised son. The promised son had to come from Sarah. He was 75 when he got the promise. He was 100 when Isaac was finally born. It was a miracle birth because Sarah had a barren womb. She had never had any children. And then at that age of, of probably 90 years old, She's well past childbearing age, so it was a miracle child. You know, Jesus was a miracle child, born of a virgin. Impossible, right? But with God, all things are possible. 
Now, when we're reading Genesis 22, we've got to the point where Ishmael's been sent away. Hagar and Ishmael's been sent away. Now, Isaac is, I'm, I'm going to say he's around 17 years old. At least 15 years old, if not 20-some years old, but he's probably right around that 17-year-old. And God has told Abraham, you know that son that you finally have now? It, you finally received the blessing. Take him. I'm going to show you a place, and I want you to take him to the place, and you're going to offer him, you're, which means you're going to kill him, drain his blood, lay him on wood, and set the wood on fire, and burn up the body. Remember what I just said just a few minutes ago? Is Abraham, Abraham going to be thinking about this for a while? Is he going to try to figure this out? So what does it say after that? In verse 3, it says, And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass, or donkey, and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. Immediately he did it. Abraham's already been through a whole lot. His faith has been building over time. As it turns out, he's at a point in his life where he's realizing that, you know what? When God says something, he means it. And when God says something, you can take it to the bank. It's going, it's just, don't question it anymore. So when God told Abraham, take your son Isaac, take him to Moriah, I'm going to show you where to take him up to the top of this mountain, and you're going to kill him there and, and offer him to me. That's what God said. By the way, Joseph, when we get home later, I need you to carry something for me up on top of the hill over there. Don't ask any questions. You know, it's just something we got to do. <clears throat> I might not see him the rest of the day. <clears throat> Let's continue reading. Four. Then on the third day, notice the third day, Abraham was instructed that he was to take his son and he was going to offer him to God. Okay, so at that moment he received the word in his mind and in his heart, Isaac is dead. Now notice over in Hebrews, he said, and received him in a figure. If you know your son is dying three days from now, how horrible and how agonizing that would be for those three days. So to Abraham, he was, he was, he was dead. And Abraham, Abraham said unto his young mid, uh, men, Abide ye here, with the donkey, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. He didn't say, I'll be back by myself. He said, me and the lad, we're going up there. We're going to worship. And, and by the way, you guys can't go with us. It makes me think of Jesus taking his disciples up to the Garden of Gethsemane, and then they got to a certain point and the other disciples just had to stay back here. And 
they went to the place together, the Father and the Son. Only the Father and the Son could go to that place. Abraham and Isaac are going up, just the two of them. Y'all follow along, because I'm going to ask, where am I? And you've got to holler out the verse, okay? So, six. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went, both of them together. They get the, they start unloading this stuff off of the donkeys, and Isaac's standing there, and Abraham takes all of that wood, and he puts the wood on the back of Isaac to carry it up that mountain. <clears throat> I see the cross laid upon the back of Jesus to carry up to Calvary. That's what I see when I read this. Isaac is now carrying a load. Not only did Jesus Christ carry the cross to his own crucifixion, he carried all of the sin of the world. Just think about all the sin that's in your life. Just, just one of you. Think about your sin. Just that sin alone being placed on somebody. But then think of all of our sin that's in this room, all of those sins being placed on the back of Jesus. And then think of all the other people in the world that have lived, who are living now, and who will live in the future, and all those sins being piled on Jesus. And he carried it up to for us. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb. God will provide himself a lamb. Jesus one day would be that very lamb. God came down here in the flesh to be that sacrifice. This was prophecy in Genesis 22. This is prophecy that God will provide himself. God will provide himself. So they went, listen, I just said this just a couple verses ago. So they went, both of them to Together, says it again. And they came to the place which God had told him of, and Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order. And then he bound, he tied up Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Now, Abraham... If you can do math, if you can just do a little reasoning here, if, if Isaac is 17 and Abraham had him when he was 100, that would make Isaac, I mean, uh, Abraham pretty old. Abraham's 117-ish, and Isaac's 17. 
Isaac has probably got a picture of what's going on here. He's, he's getting a clue, and he could have ran away. Abraham wasn't going to catch him. He could have, instead of putting his hands out and allowing himself to be bound, he could have bound his father up. You see what's going on here. Isaac was obedient to the father. You know, last week we were talking about how Jesus, when they came to get him, and he said, who are you hereafter? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. And he said, I am. He. And they all fell down backwards. And then they got up and still were trying to get him. Jesus could have gotten away from that cruel death on the cross. He, he, he prayed to his father. He, he was saying, if this cup can pass, let it happen. Is there any other way? He could have said, no, I'm not doing this. Isaac could have said, no way, I'm out of here. Isaac willingly allowed himself to be bound. And it says that Abraham laid Isaac on the wood. He would have had to have some help. He wasn't going to pick Isaac up and lay him on that altar. Isaac had to say, well, let me help you out here, Dad. When Pilate told Jesus, don't you understand I have power to, to crucify thee or to let you go? And Jesus said, you have no power other than what, what comes from above. So when I see Abraham laying Isaac on that wood, I see the Roman soldiers laying Jesus down on that cross and nailing those spikes into his hands. Jesus didn't have to let that happen. He willingly gave up his life on that cross. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, and he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thy hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fierce God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. That was the test. That was Abraham being tried. You know, we're, we're told many times that we've got to get certain sins out of our life. You need to get this out of your life. You need to do that. And we work at it and, you know, we try to be better people, trying to get this sin out of our lives. And uh, that's, that's between, you know, it's keeping you from having a good relationship with God. It's keeping you from your Christian walk because you've got this thing in your life that you need to get rid of. And... We, we, we pray and, and we do better and we get these things out of our lives, right? Have, have we, is it done then? What I want you to see is Abraham may have put this promise, this awesome blessing of Isaac. Did he love Isaac more than he loved God? Is there any blessing that you've been given in this life that you hold more dear than God? Is there a blessing that could be keeping you from getting to God? God needs to know that He is number one. 
that you love him more than anything else. If God was to take the people that you love away from you, would that turn you away? If you have all the security in the world, wonderful retirement plan, and God takes all that away, is that going to crush you? You know, God showed me years ago, we were just talking about this the other day, last Sunday, we were out with a couple, and we were talking about, I was talking, we were talking about Joseph, and, you know, that fishing trip we went on, and, you know, the boat tipped over, and Joseph, he was only seven years old, and he went out of sight, couldn't find him, and he was, he was, he was, he was trapped under the boat. My dad was floating down in front of me in the water. I was back here bouncing in the water. It was at the Arsenal Rapids. You know, if you ever fish through there, you know what I'm talking about. It's a really dangerous place. And the fear that I felt at that moment, thinking that I could have lost my son at that very moment, was horrible. And that night, when he was laying in bed, sound asleep, safe. God showed me something right then and there. And I said, God, I wouldn't give up my son for the best person in the world. But you, Father God, you gave up your son for the worst in the world. Dear Lord, I pray that none of us here would put anything before you. And Father, I pray that if there's anybody who does not know you, that they will see the importance of just accepting what you have to offer. Father, we don't have to fix ourselves. Father, we, we just need to accept the free gift of your salvation. Father, you did it all. You've offered it to each and every one of us. And Father, I pray that people who, who hear your word, who listen to this sermon, that they would be touched in their heart and they will turn to you and that you will be number one in their lives. Father, that they will worship you because you are the creator. Father, you love us all. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, as you read on, the rest of this story, you'll get to a place where it just talks about Abraham's brother and the uh, children that were born to his brother. As you read through those names, you think, why are they talking about this? But there's a name that's mentioned in that list. You'll see the name Rebecca. And you just go right on by it. You won't think much of it. But who was Rebecca? A bride for Isaac. He was the bride for Isaac. So when that story right there, something is happening. And there's a bride being prepared for Isaac. You know, when Jesus died on the cross, there was a bride being prepared for him. And it's the church. It's each and every one of us. Will you go with him? The Holy Spirit's touching your heart. Ask him, will you go with him? But I've never met him and I've never seen him. Rebecca had never seen Isaac, never met him, but she saw the promises and she was asked, will you go and be his wife? And she said, I will. Good choice.
I pray that if you don't know him, that you will make that same choice and choose Jesus. I'm done. Jesus is not done. He never will be. He's always there for you. Turn to him.